0: Steve, we, we have some news today. It's a big news. This is a, we're entering a new era of stuff. Summer says media empire. That's, that's growing. Media empire is
1: always good. Yes. Media empires yes, are always yes. good.
0: We are a media conglomerate. No, that's not the right word. We are now in media. I think just, we're going to go with media empire. Uh, we, well, I, one night was like, I'm going to start a blog. And I decided to take what we're doing on the podcast and turn it into blog form. So now we have a website. It's stuff, And fear not. I gave Steve his own little special section and he's going to help me populate this blog with content much like the podcast. If we don't have something, we're not going to force it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to write it if we want to, when we want to, um, Obviously, that will probably, much like the podcast focus, follow the Penn State football season ebbs and flows. So we'll have stuff from now until August. But I think by the time we get to August, it's really going to pick up. Um, So, yeah, we are we are no longer just the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. We are just Stuff Summer Says Media Empire with Steve. That's right. Um, I'm excited. Are you excited, Steve?
1: Very exciting. Edge of my seat again. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat all night, I feel like. Okay. All right. Cool.
0: Um, I'm going to walk you through real quickly on the blog. A couple things to note. Um, the There's Penn State football schedules. We've got the 2023 schedule. We've got future schedules, thanks to uh, fbschedules.com. Um, the roster is on there. The recruiting, the 2024 recruiting class is on there. Um, you can then go check out their rating and all their profiles on, on three and lines two, four, seven. Um, we've got a weekly schedule for the big 10 coming. Um, so if you want to look at the schedules by week, we also have all the other big 10 schedules. Uh, we've got the standings, which mean nothing to you in March, but that's exciting. Um, then we've got, like we said, we've got the with Steve section, Steve, you've got an article coming out today. Uh, do you want to you wanna walk the readers and listeners through?
1: Uh, so we do with the podcast media stuff. This is a little bit about the media and the NCAA tournament. Um, my media column writing probably goes back to uh, before the right after the Pittsburgh press died in the 1990s. So stuff I like to do, uh, I think generally fair with my stuff, probably different perspective than, than some people offer. Um, maybe a little cynical, a little tart at sometimes. But no, I think generally never, fair. Never. Yeah, um. It's it's kind of fun. Um. So will be excited to write a little bit, and I'm sure you know some other people are going to zig with some stuff. We'll probably zag some other ways and have fun during going through till we get the season and during the season. So, yeah. take give it a read. That's
0: why. Uh, that's why we're doing this. Um. There's the podcast, which you can listen to the podcast on on the podcast section, and then there's the blog. Um. Which is what you will start reading. Um, that makes pretty much sense. A um, couple of other little bells and whistles. Uh, we do have a newsletter that will kind of start populating. Those will be different thoughts. I know I, I didn't even slow that one by doing this live. That's um, great. Um, we do have a newsletter. Uh, we'll 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 shoot that out probably once a month to start. Uh, just random ideas. Uh, they they might not even be Penn State focused, um, but I'm excited about that. Um, We're also going to, you know, we're not going to put ads on the site because I don't like ads. Google has enough money. We would put uh, ads on the site if they supported local state college center region businesses. That's the only way I'm doing ads. Um, But we do have a support uh, stuff. Summer says media empire uh, section. And, you know, once we keep the lights on, get enough to keep the lights on, we're going to start chipping towards one of Steve's. Uh, favorite charities the center county united way and then probably thon and maybe some other um, uh, groups along the way you can donate Thank once you. you can donate recurringly it's all free it's we're never gonna put anything behind behind a paywall because again this is a passion project this is not just a this is me just hanging out with steve and now we're just gonna put it in a blog so got that figured out um we do have some other talent joining us, really three, although they've been with us for the last uh couple of years now. Uh Marty McFly Summers and Bolt Summers, our co chief barking officers. And then Guinness Samson joining us as our VP of treats. Um nice. So that's He's got a better title good.
1: than me. Good for him. Yeah. He's better looking than I am So that's good.
0: It's hundred percent. hundred percent. Um it. yeah. Anything else you want to add about the blog Steve? No,
1: the newsletters cool. The giving stuff's cool. I am. I am. I'm glad. I. I. I'd be standing up and cheering if I had that in me. Okay. So good work, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully people give it a shot.
0: You are the old guy, so. It's the truth. All right. Um. I I picked this week because I had a feeling, and then that feeling went away on the podcast. Um. I very famously now have said, Penn State season is dead, and now here they are. Penn State men's basketball (laughs) dancing for the first time since 2011 Steve where where do you you have been alive a lot longer does did this Penn State Big Ten tournament run in this current team where does that stack up in your Penn State memories because it's a little bit higher than I I initially would have thought
1: basketball or sports in general
0: sports in general penn state penn state memories i mean i'm sure it's not top 10 but is it top 20.
1: yeah probably so because i I don't know that i pay enough attention to certain regular season games and and bowl games and football and this is more rare right this is the fifth time you know in 40 some years 41 or 42 years that they're actually making the tournament um and it they're a fun and frustrating team to watch um It's a different era right with all the stuff that's going on just in terms of basketball in general and the changes in the sport and changes in how we deal with college athletes but yeah they've been a fun team to watch so i i think top 20-ish i mean i paid a little more attention this year than i thought i thought when we talked when you said the season's over i thought they were still getting the 20 wins then they went out and laid a couple eggs and i thought boy that looks stupid there's no way they're going to do it now and they did um and i wouldn't be shocked if they won the first game and maybe even got to the suite. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I don't know if they're going to, but I wouldn't be shocked. They've got the ability.
0: I I think that is kind of one of the thoughts that I have is this team is better than we thought. They just have to put the dots together. And when they put the dots together, you get four magical days in, in Chicago. And I think that was, like I said, I think that for me is a top 20 Penn state moment. I don't know if it's, I think maybe it could slide into top, 10 territory. um, If I really sat down and thought about it, but it was fun to believe in Penn state basketball really for the first time in 12 years, like actually willingly blindly put your faith into this program and and see what happens and not necessarily be disappointed by the outcome. Even if the outcome was what it was, which was a, a, a tough loss in the big 10 final. You still knew after what Thursday night that, Penn state's name was going to be read on Sunday. And that was, that, that was the goal. That was when you and I sat down to, you know, last year before the season started, we said, that is the goal. That is should always be the goal. It feels like the goal, as long as they keep Micah Shrewsbury, um, is much more attainable now. It just, it, it feels like the, the slipper has broken or, or the curse is over or whatever it may be. Um, I, I changed.
1: It, it feels like, and maybe it's projecting the emotion, and, and I haven't. I am guess I'm on the bandwagon because I care, but I don't know that I'm sitting, you know, at the most prominent spot. But it feels like w- what we've talked about throughout the season. It what it's not like they're selling us on something to come believe or climb or do. And, and no disrespect to whatever they try to do, even though I know it sounds disrespectful. But they just want to win basketball. They want to play basketball games and win basketball games. That's that's the job. And it seems like under shrewsbury they're focused on the job at hand focused on the challenges and have a clear view about what they need to do as opposed to worrying about the ancillary stuff and i know they do i know that ancillary stuff is going to matter in whether or not whatever happens with contract stuff and whatever else with him but they're here to play basketball and win games and i and i i think that that just feels different in terms of some other stuff before
0: no yeah it, it, it. Sometimes in sports, there like you can look at numbers, and, and I'm very much an analytics guy, and and all of that. But sometimes there's just times you get a feeling, and, and things feel very much different with this program right now than they they've really ever felt. And I think that is is largely because of Mike Shrewsbury. I think that's also big thanks to Jalen Pickett, and I think you know you you've you've started the. Lay the foundation. And, and you could say that that foundation maybe was laid a few years back with the kind of the Jim Ferry uh, interim year um, with certain guys sticking around. But I, I just I'm very fascinated where this program grows. And I think, um, you know. In the the X's and O's, ys they can really do some damage they've got a, a tough game in in Texas Am a team that probably shouldn't be a seven seed um and then they've got a if Penn State would win they would probably would hit play Texas one of the top teams in the country right now as well um you know it's just so nice to sit here and talk about this like I, I think that was I think that was everybody's like gut feeling after the second they lost the game nobody was sad. Like, like there wasn't, I didn't see any negative tweets. It was all, they're going to go to the tournament now. Like this, we get to, we get to do this more. Like, and I think that is, is a, is a great feeling. And for people like me that have schlepped themselves up to the BJC plenty of times to watch Penn state basketball and you know, everything that's gone in with that, I think uh, this is a, a great little reward. Um, so I think that was was about where I'm at with that.
1: Yeah, I think it's all positive. People are looking, for, looking, looking forward for the next week. They're not looking any looking forward any further than that, right? Which which is I think necessary to enjoy it. Yeah. Nobody's saying, oh, okay, there's four seniors. What do you mean? What do you mean next year? Right? They're just enjoying what they got, no. and I think that's something they need to be able to enjoy and embrace.
0: Uh, Steve, you've been mildly vocal to me on the Micah Shrewsbury coaching thing. Mainly related around to the Georgetown rumors that kind of gone away already. But you want to share your thoughts there?
1: I think I'm more mildly vocal about and going back to what I think I'll write about the the media's efforts around the story. Right, like, oh, hey, they got to do everything they do to keep him. Do he has it's it's the second season. He, I mean, give me the facts about what the program where the program is and isn't. And I know, I think I have a pretty good understanding what Penn State football isn't compared to or basketball. Is compared to some other places and what they don't do but i don't know that the only reason that they didn't do that stuff in the past was that they didn't care i mean there's got to be some money reasons why i mean you know what your income is from the tv contracts you know what your income is from sponsorships your wiggle room is attendance at the bjc so if you think you're going to be able to drive attendance to help make up his contract or pay for assistant contracts I just think that context needs to be there when you talk about reporting stories. Oh, he's great. It's wonderful. He's, he's special. He may indeed be. We did it with, we, there's my Penn State pronoun, did it with four seniors this year. It's not going to be that same team in that same situation next year, right? So how do you know it's repeatable? And I think it's easy for the media to spend someone else's money and say, you need to invest and do this. This may indeed be the right time, but I just feel like there's more context there. And, and if they were to lose him, it would be the most... Penn State basketball thing ever. One
0: hundred percent, but it's not gonna. It, I,
1: I just don't see it as being. I, I just, I think it's almost. It's almost a violation of of common sense skills to think Georgetown's a better job than, than Penn State right now. I mean, I I appreciate the tradition, but this is a better gig. One hundred percent. So and and it's going to remain a better gig going forward. So right. I, that's why that that's the kind of thing that bothered me. Oh, it could be Georgetown. Go ahead, go to that horrible place. At this point, you aren't going to fix it
0: living in DC, the DC metro area really changed my perspective on Georgetown. I, I used to sit and think that was, that was a tier one program. Like that was the place like you, you, and then you like kind of do some research on Georgetown and it's like, Oh, huh? Oh, they, they're not that good. Like everybody tells me they're not good. And like, D.C. is such a transient city, so, so it's much like Chicago or really any big city where there are fans, but it is not to the same level that even like a Villanova is. You take another mm-hmm. you know, Catholic university um, that uh, there are more Villanova fans than there are probably people that have gone to Villanova type thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, I just don't think between the resources that Penn State has – between the opportunity to do something personally in your career sure the georgetown gig would be nice but why not go build like i I, and i kind of get that about Michael shrewsbury like why not build your own thing like like why do you have to jump keep jumping like like stick stick somewhere and see what happens and i think that's kind of where i'm at with it and i'm not as concerned i don't think really there's that many that that many people that are passionate about Penn State basketball that are very concerned, but I don't know. And I think the other thing that's changed my perspective on that, the last, however many years with James Franklin has kind of like, just be patient. Just it, it usually 99% of the time works itself out. Like it, even, even when chambers was, was around, like he had an extension kind of deadline type thing. And but some people thought he was going to leave. And it was just like, just wait, just be patient, see what happens. It's who knows. Like also when a, when a national writer says they're a candidate for something, well, no shit. They're a candidate. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm well, like, that's yeah. you're not doing your job as an AD, if, if Michael Shrewsbury isn't on the list, if Bill Self isn't on the list, if Tom Izzo is on, like, like obviously those guys would never like leave their programs, right. but you know what I'm saying? Like no shit. I don't yeah. Know. And I
1: just think I think as it gets more localized or regionalized in the national, it's just a little lazy's not the word, but there just should be some more context there about where this fits. And be patient. The season's not even over yet. You know you're not, and again, this is one of those things you know you're not going to get any information of. Forget injuries of a of a student athlete during a during a season. Nobody's talking about this. Yeah, no. And if, if the agent or somebody's talking to you, then you're being used, right? So, so be, be aware enough of that. So, and I don't think that's necessarily happening. I mean, I hope he stays. I think he's the right guy for the right place. I just think the stories that have percolated in small places in the past week or so could have been more responsibly approached.
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, all right. That is enough about Penn State basketball. Now let's talk about the tournament as a whole. Um, and I don't, I, you and I don't know a ton about basketball, so I don't want to focus there. I want to talk about the sports media aspect of it. Um, this will be Jim Nance's last NCAA tournament. You, you and I aren't necessarily his biggest fan. We don't dislike him either, I would say, but we're not obsessed with him. Does that matter to you that this is, is Jim Nance's last tournament? Do you care? Or you just like shut up and play basketball and show me the basketball?
1: Yeah, I don't know that unnecessarily. I think his work deserves respect and deserves attention. He, he's been um, a good steward of the game, a good voice of the game. You know, after all the years that he's done it, like the casual fans know what that game sounds like. So next year when it's someone different, that game will sound different as we've gone through with other sports already this year. Um, they're going to finish up in Texas, you know, and he graduated from University of Houston. So certainly going to get attention there. Um, a worthy story. Um, I don't know that I'm going to shed a tear, but I think he'll be. I think I, it, it'll be a change and a slight loss, probably until the next person builds the amount of gravitas they need to be considered worthy of it.
0: It's a bigger loss than when he leave, in my opinion, than when he leaves the NFL. I, I think that's yes where I'm at with it. Like I actually enjoy Jim Nance much more. Like if Jim Nance was only a basketball announcer, my favorite basketball announcer, probably, and and I yeah. would would probably put him. Yeah, I would. Put him at 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 one. Um, no, that's uh, a great distinction. He's a yeah. bat, he's
1: he is the voice of college basketball has been for the past couple of decades. Yeah, he's just another number one team NFL guy who doesn't carry the microphone of some really greats in that business.
0: Yeah, Um, so I I think that's where we'll, we'll miss him, and I think we will miss him more in in basketball than in football. Um, I'm interested to see how it kind of plays out, like you said like it's in Houston, there's a very real chance that his Houston Cougars, which he got his, his start calling the, the, their best team ever really um, could be in, in Houston for the final four. Um, You know, I, I think that's interesting to me from the, everything else outside of the tournament, I find myself, both caring more about basketball at this point in the year, much like most Americans, but also caring less comparatively to other years. I don't think I'm going to do a bracket this year. I I didn't do one last year and it was a much more enjoyable process for me. I don't know if I'm going to have four TV screens. I probably will maybe just do two this year downstairs in the basement when I watch on Thursday and Friday. Um, Maybe some of that is because my team is in it, so I'll get to experience. It although my Wofford Terriers have been in the tournament over the last few years, um, I, I don't know. I I think the commercialization commercialization of it um, has gotten to me. I am I am now Charlie Brown. At, Ooh. Charlie Brown Christmas special. I, I outside of the funny uh, Spike Lee. Um, Samuel L. Jackson and Charles Barkley commercials. Capital
1: one has to be making a boatload of money, right? Like, honest to goodness. So it, many people.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, so, but quality commercials. Great commercials. Yeah, great commercials. So, um, I don't know. That's that's about where I'm at on the format. I would be a six and a half on a 10 scale on okay. excitement level.
1: Yeah, I'm probably, I've probably been there, but maybe it's seven-ish. Um, still a good event um i know what i've got saturday so it's, i'm not watching all day saturday i'll watch penn state i mean because i don't watch games start to finish i mean we, it's never four screens we do a bracket we've done a bracket with the girls since middle school right so like
0: like a comp a samsel household competition samsel family okay. brackets
1: okay. now out to six people because we have two son-in-laws okay um so that was sent out last night i filled my bracket out first and it takes me about five minutes after i've created the bracket on the espn thing and i really don't pay attention And I've got Kansas winning, which there's just no way I think the guy with the bad heart and his team are gonna win the game, win the tournament. Like I just, I did it and I'm like, but now I gotta spend the energy to go back and undo it. So screw it, I'll just submit it this way. Um, So, you know, I have no confidence in my bracket. I didn't print it out. I'm not gonna see what happens. I'll look out for the first two rounds, how it's doing. I think I'm intrigued again, from the media standpoint and and it's, it's the cultural standpoint, the most powerful force in sports um, hype, sports sports marketing, I guess, in the past quarter century is the bracket. Every, everybody wants a bracket. Like even the NFL playoffs, right? It used to just be, they'd call it the playoffs. Now they're talking about getting into the tournament, into yeah. the NFL playoffs. No, this is the tournament. There's two, there's two tournaments. There's the men's and the women's. Those are the two tournaments. If anybody else makes reference to a tournament, they're just fibbing to you. It's for post-season play, but the power of the bracket showing you that stuff, more sports have done that in the past decade and a half than ever before because of, of what they've been able to do with CBS, ESPN, the brackets in general, the local guy down at the store, all that stuff.
0: The NHL has really leaned into the whole bracket thing over the last couple of seasons. and, and, it's a hundred percent. And I never really thought about it until you said that maybe last year or, or two years ago, I had never really thought about that. um Until you brought that up that like it's invaded. It is in, absolutely invaded every corner of, of, of sports. And I don't know. I, I think maybe that's why I don't enjoy it as much anymore is because it's just like, it's too ubiquitous and now it's everywhere. And, and, and now, when i when it comes time to the, the the oversaturation of the market has 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 definitely hit and i think that's why i don't enjoy the the tournament that being said will i enjoy my shamrock shake that i traditionally get on at least thursday and friday yes i will enjoy my shamrock shake
1: that's a good call and i i bought wings last week so i think i'm doing wings saturday it'd be nice if penn state could win sit around the house and do the wings and the other bracket i do even though i just diss the brackets but it, it, it's getting local on penn state creamery does a bracket every year i do do that like i go onto their little online creamery website page and pick the flavors and do their bracket and i think that's kind of fun i have to look at that
0: one i have to look at that one um is there anything else from a media perspective do you do you like are you satisfied with your media viewing experience of the ncaa tournament or do you just want something different at this point
1: no, I'm satisfied. What I what I don't need and, and I know we'll get right are the video game angles of play at some point. Once we get into the big arenas, maybe not this <clears> weekend, <throat> but next weekend when the big arenas, we'll get those high over top, yeah, zooming shots that, that that show us just like it looks in the video game. I just need a high sideline shot and a couple of things in the backboard. I could probably be fine with that. But I know I'm old and it doesn't matter. Um, there's always a story that pops up. You know, don't you wish Gus Johnson was doing basketball? No, I don't. Like he no. he had his run. Like, sorry, don't I don't. <clears throat> um, Dick Vitale passed on his opportunity to do a game with CBS. I saw that was a story. Okay. I mean, it would have been cute and fun to execute, but that, it would have just been cute and fun. So, no, I think they do a great job. I think they've learned. I mean, I think in the transition from ESPN 25, 30 years ago when they did everything and then CBS took it and games were head to head and they didn't figure out how to do finishes and then they've adapted and they've got it all over the place and they keep you updated and they got the little boxes and where the, where the other game's going on and what's going on. I think they do a good job with it.
0: Yeah, I think it's the most um, it's maybe not exceeding expectations, but it's 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 at a good quality level that it gets the job done. And it doesn't like you said, it doesn't need that many extra frills, bells and whistles like I I'm enjoying the process as I see it. And and it's got every that as a fan. And I don't remember the tournament back when you remember the tournament where like you only got that one game pretty much and they they bounced in and out. I don't remember that, even though that was relatively during my lifetime. This is how I consume the tournament. Now I will have three screens. I will, you know, be on Twitter. And, and, and so, um, I do think it is the, this is probably the best stretch of of sports fandom, um, for a a media consumer standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the numbers show that I think, um, all of those, those types of metrics show that. So, yeah. I, I think I've now talked myself into a seven. Good job, Steve. There
1: you go. There you go. Look at Mr. Positive. All right. All right. For.
0: Last thing. Um, this week's old guy, young guy. Uh, I bought a new computer, Steve. I'm very excited about it. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll test some things with the podcast related to it. Here's my question for you, Steve. When, how old were you when you first got your first computer and like, when did the the Samsung household get their first computer? And was that the same time?
1: So the first thing I had that was even close to a computer was in college. My junior year, I got, the, um, it was, gosh, was it a Texas? It wasn't a Texas instrument. It was a brother. If you Google brother typewriter word processor, it was as, almost as big as, it, it was pretty big. It was like bigger as big as a briefcase. Um, and it had like a little five-inch screen. The top of the keypad and you could have like a three and a half inch floppy disk that went in and saved and you could just word process. You couldn't connect anything else, but you could word process and save that disk. That was as close as I got to a computer. Um, then we had at the newspapers in Pittsburgh, we had the TRS-80 from Radio Shack, which was white keyboard with like five lines of text at the top of it that every sports writer in America seemed to have. Um, and then my first laptop laptop was probably, we had desktops at home, so the kids probably had desktops, I don't know, 8th, ninth grade? Maybe sooner? That's, that's pretty late. Okay, so maybe a little sooner then. That's, I mean... Maybe sooner. Okay. I mean, we had a desktop at the house. We probably had a desktop at the house in... Okay, we had it in, when we got to State College, so that would have been 99. Okay, yeah, so the kids would have been 5 and yeah. 6.
0: Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. I would imagine you were... you. Two questions. Number one, you were probably on the earlier edge of laptops because you were a a writer. Like that was like you kind of needed one, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, but you had what it was was it was a TRS eighty from Radio Shack. Okay, right? and it and it had couplers. It had acoustic couplers that connected to the phone. Maybe it wasn't a TRS eighty. It was something like that. It was small like that. But they plugged in the phone, and you hooked the the couplers over the receiver and the talking point of the phone and it sounded like a fax machine when it was sending stuff so that's how you sent from like road sites
0: that was what that was right. the next question yep. did you so did you ever have to phone in a story because i know like when i worked at the mirror like neil Neil Riddell would be like yeah we used to literally just call people yeah I, I
1: i was at a verbatim. basketball game uh, it was Charleroi and somebody else and I couldn't get connectivity stuff wasn't working. So I had, I had written it on my laptop. I had written it on the computer and I had to read it to them over the phone because I couldn't get it to transfer anyway. Um, And maybe that same season around then I was scrambling to find a place to go. And I found a pizza shop and they let me plug into their phone jack with the computer and send it from the pizza shop and whatever else. Um, Where was the other one? Oh, the power went out at the racetrack in Butler at Butler Speedway covering a race, a dirt track race. So I'm sitting in my truck, writing on the light in my truck, and then went down the road to like a gas station or something, and plugged into their fax machine to send from there. So yeah, there's been call-ins, there's been fax machines, there's been a little bit of everything through the years. I
0: was just curious, I was just curious. Yeah. I enjoy those stories. Um, we had computers pretty young. Like w- my dad was into computers pretty young, and then we pretty much always had a desktop. I don't. I I think I was in high school when I got my first like true my first laptop type like it was mine not the family's mine um but yeah i i was just curious i i, I was like i bet steve has an interesting laptop or computer story
1: um yeah i mean we were we were, I, we probably had the desktops longer than i thought the one that worked was a trs80 model 100 which was the portable version of this thing and it was flat it was about two and a half inches thick and it was flat and it had like a a row for enough five screens of text at the top of it and you typed, and then you could save and send. Um, yeah, and the brother word processor. I'll have to dig, try to find a picture for that. That thing weighed about 12, 15 pounds. And it was heavy and whatever else. But it was, I was like one of the few people on the dorm floor. Like it was a Christmas gift, probably my junior year of college. And it lasted me for several years. But it was probably a technology that was early and then didn't stick around long because, it, you know, computers, the laptops came.
0: this I'm looking at this thing on, on eBay. This thing could not have been light. It must have weighed thirty pounds.
1: The the model one model hundred.
0: Oh, okay. Wait, this one looks a little lighter. This is like that a one little was bit... easy.
1: Yeah, the little one that I sent you the link for. That one was light. Okay. The brother word processor. Oh, I found this. This was. It was. It was a heavy bear. Oops. it's the link. Stop that. I'll have to send you the link for that. But yeah, that was <laughs> a that was a heavy bear. So. Uh,
0: yeah. They sold for a thousand dollars back in whatever year this was. So. I don't know what that converts that's to why they,
1: that's why the that's why the people that had them were the that's why not the individual people because they weren't they weren't ours. we checked them out to take them
0: okay that's why I was gonna say I figured yeah. figured that that's probably how some sort of system worked. all right well that's been everything it's a hectic podcast we also have uh an Audrey Snyder our interview uh coming out later this week at some point um that is exciting. Thank you to Audrey for joining that. That's why this is a shorter episode of the podcast because we we went had a great conversation that you'll get to listen to uh, with Audrey. Um, because we have blog now, a bunch of stuff has changed. Are you ready, Steve? We I'm have holding. a podcast. It's the Stuff Summer Says podcast with? Steve. Okay. We have a blog. It is stuffsummersays.com. On that website, there is a spot for your content called with steve steve um we have twitter handles those aren't changing that's mine's at stuff summer says steve says
1: at steve Samson.
0: Um, we have a new email podcast at stuff says.com um we also have our own emails it's yours is steve at at StuffSummerSays.com minus Darian at stuff. We're we're a professional business. This is now, like Steve. a
1: birthday day. This is great.
0: Um, we got it. We got it largely all figured out. Um, there's some other stuff that's gonna. I got I got two projects floating around in the brain. One of them is related to football. The other one is is not related to anything. Um, that'll be a summer project though. So,
1: need something to do in summer. That's great. I can't wait.
0: Anything else? No,
1: sir. Thank you. This is exciting. All right. Bye.